Hello, folks. This is Princess. You are listening to the Millennial Mustard Seed Podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share with your friends. And you're listening to the Stranger Clock Podcast. But Michael is not with me. It's just Rod and Jerry. It's tough. We're in a very tough spot. I think that what we're doing right now is a great benefit and virtue because it's an end around between this whole corrupt informational system, media system. It's time for the Strange O'Clock podcast where you get to hear strange news with Christian views. Father, we thank you for the breath of life. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord God. You say that we are to make declaration of your glory and your majesty, Lord God, and to just stand, do all that we can to stand. So in this day that we live in with the confusion and the darkness that's pinned against us, I pray over this episode in the name of Jesus, asking for wisdom and gentleness and that we would have a flavor, a salt in our speech, that it would help all who listen. And I pray in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. Amen. Yes, Lord Mm. Jesus. Father God, thank you so much for my brother Rod and his lovely wife and children. And thank you, Lord, for what you've done in his life. And and Mm. thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in in, uh, our lives, Father God. And and just pray that you'd fill our hearts and minds with your godly guidance, direction, advice, and wisdom, as well as your peace, tranquility, serenity, contentment, and grace. Let us say and speak Mm. and think whatever you want us to speak and think and uh, let our hearts and minds be guided by your Holy Spirit. And I just pray we'd talk about our past as it relates to salvation and redemption and how it glorifies you in every way shape and form and and your how it glorifies your love and kindness and your faithfulness lord towards us and uh i just pray that you'd plant seeds in people's hearts and and cause or cause uh, our podcast to water those seeds Either way, you give the increase father and thank you lord for giving the increase and use uh, both of our podcasts to reach uh hundreds thousands millions or just even that one person lord god if just one person comes to know jesus as a result of our podcast it's, it would be so much worth it father god and i know that with uh, rod's podcast lord i'm sure it's reached many many more and uh thank you so much for his his humble and kind heart and, and that he has uh, such a servant's heart uh for you and and that uh, that he wants to to serve you father god and, and uh by putting out not only just information but but heartfelt spirit-led information lord god through stories through uh uh red pill uh stuff <laughs> lord that you've shown us father god and and uh thank you lord and uh thank you for this uh this connection father god and, and uh even if we don't meet each other in person we'll, we know that we're going to meet each other in heaven in person for all eternity father god we thank you for that but we do pray lord eventually that we would be able to be able to meet someday soon father in this life father we thank you jesus we praise you thank you and worship you lord in jesus name amen worship you father god thank you jesus, thank you, jesus. Hallelujah. hi there i'm jerry from the millennial mustard seed podcast and this is rod from the strange o'clock podcast and together we're the strange millennial, strange millennial mustard, mustard seed, seed podcast <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're spreading the, the strange millennial mustard seeds all, all over the world <laughs> hopefully right now <laughs> yeah, so people are, might be confused really cool. 
but we just wanted to say that we are teaming up 50-50 with uh, hosting and co-hosting with each other and and we are, we are each other's guests. Uh, we want to just split it right down the middle that I'm not uh, Rod's guest or he, or, uh, or he's not my guest, but we're, we're just, you know, joining forces together. And uh, we wanted to share our testimonials with you all. Or if you're Southern with y'all. <laughs> uh, or if you're from Philly, you could say use guys. <laughs> use guys. Or if you're from Philly, use you share guys. Your testimony with Jews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. With Jews. Right. Or from California, you can say with you, you, you guys. <laughs> We're gonna, gonna share it with you guys and gals. Surf's up, hang loose. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm so blessed to have uh, Rod from Millennial Mustard Seed on um our joint podcast, and he's going to share his testimonial and story. Uh, so Rod, uh, can you tell me your testimonial and, and how uh, you came to know the Lord when you were young and you want to mm. share uh, fr- right from the beginning and how you came to know the Ooh. Lord? Well, it's a long story and I have awesome. shared my testimony on the Days of Noah podcast and then on it was aired on my show as well. And actually got a lot of listener responses from that and feedback of people saying more, more, more. So I'm like, I'm still digesting some of my experience, but I did not grow up in the church. So I'll start there. You know, I grew up very secular outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So it was diverse culture. You know, there, there was a lot of things going on, a lot of things to get wrapped up in. And, um, you know, with my dad's side of the family, I'm not going to spend too much time here, but he, his mother was an Italian princess. She was first generation from Italy. She was Rose Maria Taviana Palante. So I didn't grow up in the church. You know, for me, I grew up very secular outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and I had good parents. They worked hard and they had morals, but for us, it was kind of just anything that the world was doing, we were half entertaining that. So um, I didn't know much about the Bible, although I had some experiences when I was younger. You know, I shared a little bit on an episode that I did on the Days of Noah podcast, and it was aired on my show as well, just kind of touching some of these climaxes. But one of the interesting things for me was I knew since I was like seven years old, I had a calling on my life. And it was to, you know, seek God and to, to really know what's going on here. Because I had an aunt and she was on the phone. She was talking about the glory of God. She was talking about this God of just majesty and, and brilliant light and love. That's just uncomprehendable. Right. And, and this is back in the early nineties. So it's like a long squiggly, you know, 10 foot long telephone cord, you know, and I'm sitting there playing with my Batman toy and <laughs> I had this, like, I want to say it's an out-of-body experience. I still don't have the exact language for it. But what happened was I was watching myself as a young kid playing with this Batman toy from the top corner of the room, and I was engulfed in light. And that terrified me because I didn't know how to talk about that. I didn't have a language for it or definitions for it. you know. And I tried to forget about that, to be honest with you. But my aunt Connie, she was on the phone and she was talking with somebody about about the Lord. She was the only person in my young life that was walking around with the Bible. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> like, I'm going to live by this. I'm going to represent this. And other than that, it was just it was secular culture. You know, like we ate we ate cheesesteaks. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, cool. you know, we watched sports. You know, it, it was like this just kind of really basic, you know, partying, work hard, party hard. Um, 
Philadelphia culture that I, I was immersed in from a young age. So um, a lot of things happened and I don't want to spend like a terrible lot, amount of time on one thing or another. I mean, it is emotional for me to think of things back to back, but I, my mom got diagnosed with cancer when I'm like 17 years old. Right. So she's, she's white as a ghost at one point in time. She had lost all the hair on her body. She's just a tiny little thing laying in the bed oh and she was going through chemotherapy. And, um, I remember her, I took her some tea and some food and I take it upstairs. And this is just like a really dark time of life. And she says to me, she's stopping all medication. She's stopping chemo. She's stopping everything. And she was going to go to church. Wow. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like in my mind, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the medicine. This is crazy. But like, I respected my mother and I knew that she was saying it from a place of like, listen to me, son. Like, like if I do one more day of what the doctors are telling me to do, I'm going to die. Oh my God. And so I was just shocked by it. That that's like, that's like another moment where it's like this defining time where I'm like being in my mind, I'm like, observing and watching and, and like life is going on but this is like this introduction of my mother who's going to choose faith over you know fear of death and just over medicine just it, it was it's wild now that I look back on it at the time I was like angry and kind of confused and upset like what is she talking about and right. this doesn't match up you know what I mean kind of shocked a little bit but I respected her enough not to argue what she had said she she wanted to do so um, to this day, <clears throat> you know, we're talking a long time ago now. I'm 35. She looks like she's 30 years old, full head of hair, beautiful smile, and she's got the glow. So long story awesome. short, um, she went to this this church in Norristown, PA, and um, she trusted God through this, this really dark, you know, near-death experience with cancer that she had. So I think that, that that was like something I always kind of held on to, but I put it on the back burner. I'm like, what do I do with this? You know? And let's fast forward a little bit from there. I'm just going to hit some climaxes. I'm going to try to put a couple new things in there. I didn't share on my previous testimony because my audience has been asking for quite some time for me to do like this explanation. Like they want me to cover all of it. And I'm like, I might need to write a book. Cause it's a lot. It's like a lot of awesome. stuff, but I, I get jumped. I have this out of body experience. And I get beat up by a bunch of guys. I'm swollen from the back of my ear to like the front of my face. Like I, they tried to kill me. Right. So I sit up out of my body. Oh. Now I'm really frustrated. Like what is going to happen when I die? How come I try to talk about this with like, quote unquote, like religious people or like Christians. And they're like, kind of standoffish. Like, what is he talking about? We can't relate to that. Why are you you know, like what happened to you, man, you're right. not of us. Like you're, you're something different. That's how I would feel. And that's kind of like what, how the wall was up between like this, like denominations and religions and churches. And then just my experience. Now there's a lot of people like me, but at the time you feel really isolated. Like, yo, is there something wrong with me? Right. Like, you know, like I dipped into this world that we don't talk about that. I shouldn't know exists, but like nobody wants to reciprocate me on it. So that, that was another wow. thing that, you know, I dealt with PTSD from that. And as I'm growing up, you know, I'm 19 or 20 years old. I can't decide what to do with my life. You know, I'm literally obsessed with, well, what's going to happen when I die? And, and I need to chew on this experience. I need to forgive these people 
because I, I didn't want to hold on to like rage and bitterness. I knew I had to forgive, but at the same time, I'm like, was more perplexed by the experience. Like, so what's really going to happen when I leave this temporary vessel? Because like, we don't talk about that. That's not a, that's not a common conversation. Right. Um, and if you go to the pastor, he just wants to quote some scripture and just say, be a good little boy and go on your way. And it's like, no, 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 I need to wrestle through this. Sure. Um, so I end up moving to Florida. I moved 2000 miles away. I get in a 95 accurate Integra and I hit interstate 95 <laughs> and I go to <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida. And I'm down there for, for a while. Now I had twins when I was younger, beautiful, beautiful children, Riley and Sierra. They are. Yeah. They're just amazing kids and, and a blessing. And there, there, there's just so much, so much to the story, but I'll share, I'll share this experience. I'm in Florida. I'm going through, I'm in the gutter. I'm like going through life, right? I didn't really have a good role model or good mentors. I didn't really have good, um, let's just say direction. And I'm trying to do right from like a secular standpoint. Sure. Like, like I'm like, okay, well, if I don't smoke or if I don't drink, then I'll be able to hold a better job, right? It's just like thinking like that. Well, let's not do what I was taught, right? Let, let's actually change some things up. So I struggled through that and tried to do what was right, but, but literally, you know, a backslide. And I didn't really know the Lord, although I felt like a tugging, like, don't worry, it's going to get better. Something's coming. But like, it was just like weird. I kind of wanted to like push it away because it's like, I don't know how to process that. I don't know how to digest that. So that just stays over there. And this is reality. I need to deal with this. And I was stuck in this, this weird place for, for a while. And my daughter, Sienna, okay, this is emotional, but I, I lived with them. Their, their mother wasn't there at the time. Um, we're in Duval County in the North side of Jacksonville. I think it was three, two, two, one, eight. If I remember the zip code. <laughs> wow. You have a good memory. I, I they must have did something to me when they beat me up because I can remember stuff that I'm like, why do I remember that? Wow, <laughs> but amazing. She, she comes in to her and my son have a room. I'm across the hall and there's a bathroom in between us. And she comes in to the room and I'm not asleep. This is like 1 30, almost 2 o'clock in the morning. And she's lit up like a light bulb at like almost 2 in the morning. And I'm like, Sienna, what are you doing? And she says, Dad, Dad, they're so beautiful. Wow. They're so beautiful, dad. You're and she's excited. And I jump up and I'm like, okay, because we're in the city. I'm like, I'm I want to run and check my doors. I'm like, what is going on? And she says, No, no, dad, dad. And she's 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 young. Like we didn't go to church, so she doesn't have language to talk about anything sure. other than just like cartoons and life. But she says, No, dad, the angels are so beautiful. They're so she didn't even say angels, but she just kept saying they're so beautiful. And I'm like, she's glowing. She's wide awake. I'm like, okay. So I get kind of get down on her level, like eye to eye. I'm like, so what's going on, kid? And she's just like, she, this is going to make me upset. She wants to dance and she's just like in cloud nine, like dad, they're so beautiful. Um, it's going to be okay. She says, wow. And Little does she know, she, she didn't know, nobody else knew, but weeks before that, a storm blew in and I had the front door open. I'm home alone at the time. And like, there's this storm. It's like a, whatever, like category three or four hurricane or whatever they call them, the tropical storms down there. And I'm beating the ground, crying out to God. And I'm just like, 
had this moment with them, you know, and, and like, I haven't talked about like this, this portion with my daughter and what she experienced and, and sharing this before. So forgive me <clears throat> if it chokes me up a little bit, but I, I am beating the ground and literally screaming on top of my lungs. And I'm doing it during the storm. Cause I'm like, I don't want my neighbors to think I'm like a crazy psycho. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I'm still somewhat logical, but I didn't really care. Um, so now fast forward to, to when my daughter is, is telling me that she encountered um, three beautiful beings, right? Um, she just says, dad, they're so beautiful and it's going to be okay. And I'm skeptical. I'm still looking and I look out the window and I say, Sienna bright like that. Cause she kept saying, they're so bright. They're so bright. And we have a street light that's out there. Um, you can just see one of the street lights from the window. She says, no, 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 dad, nothing like that. They are bright and beautiful. And now I'm like, Okay. And she says, God heard your prayer. And now I'm like choked up. I'm like, okay, wow, this kid is, is flipping the whole entire thing upside down on me. I'm having like a moment that I can't explain. And she says, dad, God heard your prayer and they're so beautiful and you don't need to worry, dad. God's awesome. pleased. She said, God's pleased with your prayer. And, um, this, this wrecked me, you know? And, uh, so she goes on just to tell me how beautiful they are. And I'm trying to extract as much information as I can from her, but it's just, it wrecked me, you know, put me on this, this, this journey where it's like, I am, I am humbled because like, I, I like, who am I? did I pray right? Cause I felt like I was really angry at God when I prayed. I didn't like from what I knew or like what I was like hearing about Christianity. I'm like, that's not the right way to come to him, you know, like out of just like, help me. Are you there? Are you real? Like, you know, just this is like wild prayer I had. <clears throat> and, um, oh yeah, she did go on to tell me that, that the three angels that, that she had met, um, were the three that were going to take me Riley and her into heaven. And she said, dad, don't worry. It's not going to be too long. And I remember keep saying like, what do you mean by it's not going to be too long? She said, dad, dad, don't worry. And she's just little, like she's, I just don't know how she could ever have a vocabulary for this stuff. She's right. saying, dad, it's not going to be too long. Don't worry. They're the ones that are going to take us to God. God was pleased with your prayer. It's going to be okay, dad. She just kept saying that. And so like that wrecked me. Wow. <clears throat> you know, I end up coming back, um, to Pennsylvania, not by choice. You know, at the time I, you know, was in, in some trouble, nothing violent, but I had to appear for court in Pennsylvania. Um, they were going to expedite me. I had like, my mom calls me one day and like five or six police officers around the house looking for me. I'm that 2000 miles away or whatever, thousand miles away, whatever it is from Florida to like Philadelphia. And, um, so I'm like, in order to be able to maintain normality and grow, I, so I have to turn myself in. Right. And a lot of what my daughter had had told me that night gave me the strength to face things that I was like, I'm good. I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to deal with life. I don't want to be confronted by just, you know, the idiot past that I had and bad decisions that I had. I like was totally content with being as far as I could from where I grew up and the people and, and everything. But she gave me, by what she told me, this this calm still like strength, like, okay, this is, this is weirder than I ever thought. God, 
had to have heard me. I mean, you can't make this up. Like th- this kid is too young to know this, right? Like I'm all this stuff's running through my mind. So she, a lot of that gave me the strength to then just be like, I'm going to face everything and I'm not going to back down ever again. Like, I'm just going to. And how old was your with- daughter? She she's like this? three, three and a half at the time. Oh, she was super yeah, little, young. very young. She's young, yeah. That's she amazing. She's about three and a half years old. So, and you know that it was supernatural because she doesn't yeah. have the religious background to share this kind of yeah. supernatural <laughs> experience. Wow, yeah. that gives me chills. Seriously, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and to just fast forward from that, you know, to contribute to my testimony, I come back to Pennsylvania. My sister, uh, I'm the youngest of three. My, my sister's taking me to church in Norristown. And I'm here in Romans 8, Romans 10. I just, I'm remembering some verses and I'm really on this like teeter-totter of like, um, the, the scripture was, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I remember thinking like, does that include me? like in like 2013 or whatever this year was by the time I'm back and, and, and in the church here in PA, I'm going, but does that include me? Cause like now I'm opening the Bible and I'm reading it. And I'm like, I'm like, these are ancient stories about ancient people. Like that does have nothing to do with me today. But like, I was asking that question, does that include me? And um, so I find myself in, in the court and judge Danielle decides not to lock me up. She actually gives me a purge release agreement. She looks at me. She says, Mr. Smith, something's changed with you. You're going to do what's right. I said, yes, ma'am. I'm out. So like, I'm not going to get locked up. I have fines. I got to get my license reinstated, all this stuff. But now God's got my heart. Like I surrendered my heart and I'm like, okay, this does include me. And ever since then, it's been a slow, like bumpy, there's been plateaus, but it's been like upwards and it's just been a wild journey. I just shared what I shared there because like that stuff that I left out of other climaxes I shared on my testimony because they're so emotional. And I literally just didn't want to, I'm like this big dude with like a, you know, shave my head and a beard. And I'm like, I don't want to be balling on some podcast. No, if you want to, please feel um, free. I almost started welling up. I, I had to to mute myself because I had the sniffles as a result of how emotional I was getting through your awesome story about that. So after your, your daughter had said, that at age three, uh, how many years was it before you really felt like you gave your life to the Lord? And what was that pivotal point? Well, it, it was when I was in the courtroom for the last time. I mean, I was going to church. And like I said, I remember hearing like Romans, um, all called upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, but I surrendered my heart right? Like I'm trying to walk better and cleaner, but like there was this moment where I can't do this on my own. I, my efforts are just, it's bull crap. I have nothing to offer. I am just worthless in all of this, but there's something about you, God, Jesus. I need you. I need you to be with me. I need you to give me the courage. I need you to reinvent me. I need you to literally come alongside of me and make sure that I can walk in a way that is going to make me be the man that you're calling me to be because I can't visualize what that looks like, but I know, <clears throat> I know I'm being tugged. And uh, so, so it was at that moment where like awesome. my heart surrendered. Now I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in like, we continually wrestle with the flesh daily and yes. we continually surrender like in obedience, right? Like I think when the apostle Paul was talking about, for example, um, he's terrified of not fulfilling this high calling in the new, in the new Testament. I think he's talking about losing his reward in heaven, not his salvation. 
I think right. he was running the race for like uh, the greater treasure treasures in heaven. I don't think he was fearful of losing his salvation. So I'm not like a once saved, always saved God, but I believe that if it's a heart thing. So it depends on how our heart is before God. It depends on how we come to him. Um, and just if we're real with him or not, like, like having the reality of like, we can't hide nothing from him. So if we start right. to talk to him, like there's nothing hidden. If we start to walk, like, God, I know you see me stumble. I know you see me think this way. I know you see me in my mistakes, but I trust you. And, and I'm desiring a deeper walk with you. And your word is the only light that ever showed me the time I wasted in the darkness. If we're real with ourselves like that, I think God will continue to work on us and, and bring us into this place where we're usable, I guess, for him. So that's kind of, awesome. it, it's really a long drawn out story. I know it might sound crazy to somebody listening, but um, it, it really is a long drawn out story. Do you yeah. think that with your daughter at age three saying, you know, dad, I see them. They're so beautiful and insinuating that there were angels. Do you think that that was a result of your mom's fervent prayers for you and your, mm. your little ones? I, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't, I don't know. Um, oh, did she ever well say be. that she was praying for you? Yeah, did you ever yeah, say yeah. she was praying had, for you? I had a pastor in Norristown praying for me at the time. My sister and my mother were praying for me at the time. Yeah. Um, and in Florida, awesome. we weren't attending churches. Like I pulled a Bible out a couple times in Florida and like read, but it was more or less like it felt like I was awake and asleep at the same time at that part of life. Like I really just felt like I was didn't know who I was, didn't know where I was supposed to be going. You know, I have these two beautiful kids that I need to take care of and PTSD is just spinning in my head. So to really look back on it, I, it, it had to have been someone praying for me. It, it, you know, God, um, he heard my prayer Amen. Right? Absolutely. out of the mouth of a babe. He, he confirms, listen, I heard you beat the ground and cry out to me. And, um, so I, I would imagine, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so imagine sorry that you combination. had to go through that uh, with these mm horrible people beating you up and, mm. and i'm sure through it was only through the lord jesus that you've been able to forgive them and and oh, yeah, that yeah. Oh, he has healed yeah, your heart and your mind and, <laughs> and i i can see that the lord has really done a work in you i can see the glow in your face and i can tell that that's from the lord and i can see the peace in your heart and and that's mm. definitely a, you're definitely a, a walking talking uh millennial testimonial for what <laughs> god has done in your life that's that's amazing that's great so did you get into podcasting before or after you met your wife, Princess? Oh, yeah. So, uh, no, we were married when I was at work and I was listening to podcasts. And I was like listening to like Bigfoot podcasts and like um, <laughs> Canary Cry Radio with Basil and Guns. Oh, yeah. Like, I have this like mini playlist going. And, uh, other guys were kind of making fun of me because I, I like didn't really have nobody to talk about the stuff with. So I bring it up a little bit, you know, like test the waters with like other Christians and other people. Right. And it was like, get out of here with that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it was just like, that's myth. That's legend. You know? And I remember even people using some scriptures to try to make me seem like I was in error. Uh, Surely you do error from the scriptures, brother. Right. Like, oh. like that's the vibe I'm getting, but I'm like, wow. I don't care. Well, you guys say I was testing the waters, right? But I know what God is saying in my heart. I know that the things that are being pressed upon me, it's there's great exploits there yet to be done. Not at the time knowing um, that 
the scriptures would say things like it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the duty of, you know, the prince is to seek it out. But now I started a podcast and I just had this crazy idea. I think I was listening to Basil and Gans at the time and all of this stuff's going on in my mind. I have this like personal journey where it's not just like I'm infatuated with someone else's story, but like I literally am wrestling through how do I make sense of my own story? Like, how do I look somebody in the eyes, sit in front of them and be like, yes, this happened to me. Like, how do I do that? Right. Because there's right. just like so much for me to try to make sense of sure. um, that. I'm like, why don't I take a step of faith and start, start a podcast. Let me just take That's a step. Awesome. I'm going to start talking about what's on my mind, what's going on and capture this growth experience to see, to document it in a way. Um, I knew I wasn't alone, but I know that nobody else was around that was like fanning the faint, uh, the flame of faith in me. They weren't, it was always like, get out of here with that. Like I saw, I'm like, no, 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 there's something here. Um, And I kind of just followed that, that tugging. So yeah, I think it was like 2018. I was preparing to do a podcast, but 2019, a friend of mine, Nick Long does this Jacob's ladder challenge, which is like, he's on this like ladder workout piece of equipment, but he does the height of Mount Everest. I forget what it is. I think it's like eight or 9,000 feet. So he does that in, in steps. It takes him like eight hours to do it. He does wow. it, catches local traction. You know, he's got this like muscle shirt on that says, give God the glory. So when they ask him why he did what he did, he holds up the shirt and he's like, I'm just giving God the glory. And like me and him were um, like laughing about that. We're like, man, this is like so cool. Like, let's tell that story. So like actually the very first podcast, not of this world, it was Jacob's ladder was episode one with me and Nick talking about me and him both doing just like radical, crazy stuff of faith. Like we're like, we're going to go against the norm. We're going to go inculcate these areas and we don't care if you guys like it or not. <laughs> that was just like, wow. Kind of starting, um, starting the podcast. It was there. So the, with the millennium mustard seed, I just reinvented it based upon like, you know, prayer and deep dives guys like Chuck Missler, especially, but like fundamental on um, helping me see how the word and the depth of the word of God, it surpasses our wildest imagination. And there is no sacred secular divide. Like we can run to the word with all these topics, all these questions. It doesn't matter what, what's going on. Like the, the word is, is there to give us edification, to teach us, to rebuke us, to, to encourage us. Right. And so the millennial mustard seed was born out of just, I felt small and insignificant in my generation. I didn't, I just didn't really feel like recognized or like I had impact, but I knew that God um, could do something great if I just surrendered it to him. So I felt like I had this little tiny thing to offer. That's in a weird way. That's kind of how it, how it came about. So, yeah. I love the name millennial mustard seed. I think I told you <laughs> last time how much I just think it's the, the, uh, the most awesome uh, podcast name for millennials. Um, and, and I love how, when Jesus talks about the mustard seed, that if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you could say that this mountain be removed and flung into the sea and should be done for you. Mm-hmm. And I always like thought about like, gosh, how small is a mustard seed? And, and I heard it's pretty small. It's, I mean, it's smaller than the typical seed. Yeah. And, and <clears> if you think of the smallest seed, it's even smaller than that. It's it's almost like a little mm-hmm. speck and uh, and it's it's amazing that you being a quote millennial have uh, have faith at least the size of a mustard seed and you're you're scattering those seeds of faith among your peers and people that are younger and older like myself and um that you're really um 
you share it boldly and with love. And uh, I can see that you really have a heart to, to win uh, the lost generation for Christ. And, and I think that that is amazing and awesome. You know, so if anybody happens to, you know, maybe naysay and, and shake their fist or whatever, like, oh, this generation, you know, millennials yeah. and why generation Y and Z and everything. Yeah, but God yeah. is reaching the young folk. They're, God is yeah. reaching, you know, the the real young ones all the way up to, mm. uh, you know, through your generation and uh, through mine, which is mm. Generation X. And, and I forget the the whole like. Um, what, yeah. I know Generation X is like I think the seventies and mid eighties, and I think millennials are right after that. I believe. Mm-hmm. I think more what eighty five to ninety five. I forget. I they, they say it's like eighty four. I think to like ninety nine is like okay. That's like right. Eighty four to ninety nine. But I've heard it's. I've heard other people say no. It goes all the way to two thousand. It goes all the way back to nineteen seventy nine. I've heard, but I oh wow. <laughs> There's probably no science or whatever. You know, like I'm like I don't know, twelve years old and the. Y2K, right? All that stuff. So. Right. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. That's amazing. Kind of right, right smack dead in the middle of the millennial generation there. So so how did you meet your lovely wife, uh, who is Filipina? How did you yeah. meet your lovely wife, Princess? Yeah. So we talked online as just mm-hmm. like friends and she was in Jersey and, and I'm right outside of Philly. So there's a bridge apart, you know, we talked for like a year or two and she wanted to learn English better. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll help you with your pronunciation and just help you with English. And the first time, you know, cause it was just through like messaging, like chat rooms were like really big and, you know, like social media was like huge then not as much now for me. It's almost like overwhelming, but like, then it was like kind of cool because it was like brand new. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, um, so I remember the first time I talked with her on the phone, I just like, I melted when I heard her voice, when she was trying to pronounce things, I'm like, you got the cutest voice I've ever heard in my life. So awesome. this is, this is great. I'll help you. And we just talked for probably like a year or two, just as basic friends, like, let's just, um, I want to learn about your culture. And she wanted to learn about America because she was newer to America at the time. And, um, I remember when my grandfather died. Um, and he was like the head of the family. I mean, our family like slowly got ripped apart as all these years went on, but he was kind of like the glue. Like he did Sunday dinners, like everybody would go there on Sunday and he would cook a big meal like every weekend. So that was cool. But he passes away and, um, I get a FaceTime call from princess, my, my wife now. And, you know, she's wearing all black and she's like, you know, I guess she had, she had found out through maybe Facebook at the time that he passed. And she's just like, I, I was hoping you were okay. I wanted to check on you. And I'm like, I'm good. I just don't really feel like talking. And, and like, I noticed throughout like a, it was probably like a week or two, every time she would reach out to me or that I would even check like social media at all. She had a picture. She was dressed in all black. I'm like, oh, so I asked her, I'm like, what's going on here? Like, like, what does that mean? She's like, well, that's how we mourn for somebody that we care about. So we, oh. we dress in all black after somebody that our heart is for, and they have a devastating loss, whether it be a job or family member, it was like a cultural thing. So she was expressing it, but never like, Hey, I'm doing this. Like she just did it. And like, it didn't matter if I knew it or not. She actually was just mourning for me. So I'm like, wow, you're amazing. Like, like we're going to go get a meal together. So we went and got a meal. Um, we meet up and the first time I laid eyes on her I had a vision of marrying her. Well, I mean, I seen her in a wedding dress and she was smiling at me and I knew I was the groomsman. So I'm like, that's awesome. This is crazy. I'm like, okay. So, um, yeah, now, um, seven years of marriage. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. 
seven years of wonderful wedded yeah. bliss. And yeah. and so, so what uh, happened? <laughs> so you so you met her nine years ago then, or eight years yeah. ago? Yeah. Oh, that's a, and and it was online. Did you say? Yep. And I'm sorry. What what was the, what was the platform? Was it Facebook or? Yeah, it was it was it was Facebook. Like um, I was probably like a messenger group or like. Just social media of some sort yeah i mean we connected on like facebook Amazing. like we talked for, for like two years on facebook at the time so oh that's wonderful cool. yeah. does she share this the same christian faith as you yeah yeah she's she more she catholic was, was, she's from the philippines which is the only christian nation in the far east but they're, they're yes. like catholic it's like catholicism there they're surrounded by obviously like buddhist and, and muslim nations and stuff like that so she understood um you know, like the principles of like, because where I'm at in my faith walk at the time, it's like, I didn't know a lot about the Bible or like what was going to happen in my life following after Christ. But like, we both knew Jesus Christ was Lord. We both knew that's the name above all names. Like there's no way getting around that one. Awesome. Um, but she came from like a Catholic background and then she had a lot of missionaries coming to her country when she was growing up. So there sure. was some religious confusion there. You know, she had seen Mormons come through. She had seen all these different Right. groups come through and everybody's like no we're right we're gonna baptize you so like these people just come through every year or two into these villages over there and like you know hook people up with some clothes and baptize them and they're like the fresh new cool religious thing and then they disappear and then oh a gosh. year later you know you get these other groups so there was there was some confusion there in it. and i right. think a, a lot for me and her was really just taking that journey together of like well let's let's read the word um and let's walk this thing out you know what I mean? So, but yeah, she's a Christian, obviously. Yeah. That's great. Um, but I think we've both grown a lot since, since nine, almost 10 years ago. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And you have a, a lovely son, Adam, and he is six years old. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, that's, that's a huge blessing. It's amazing how the Lord can bring people together through the internet. I met my husband through the internet <laughs> <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> and awesome. uh, I that's my story, of course, but yeah. uh, so what would you say was like the main thing that like caused you to like really like um, <clears throat> I guess become like a red pilled Christian? Because I mean, there's there's Christians that are quote blue pilled or or people mm -hmm. that kind of don't believe the way we do um, that believe the mainstream narrative on the news, and then there's the red pilled Christians who uh, they believe an alternative. Uh, yeah narrative of history i guess so what caused you to, to kind of like switch gears hmm. well i'll share two things real quick and then i want to ask you some questions sure absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um so with with regards to my wife contributing to well let me back up a little bit and i'll share i've had supernatural experiences throughout my life so like i didn't know where to go with that once i started reading the word i found out that's not uncommon in the word like when you you're seeking God and you have a calling on your life and you're actually willing to go there and acknowledge, you know, the name above all names. And you're willing to actually say, I am going to allot this space instead of going out and partying, instead of focusing on this or watching movies or playing video games, I am going to dive into the word. You start to find, well, it's, it's almost like a part of that journey. Like it should almost look, and I'm not saying like alien spaceships little green men I, listen <laughs> i mean that stuff i know that stuff happens but what i'll say is like when i say supernatural i mean even just dreams or just just having a prophetic word like knowing like 
this this is going to come to pass and then god confirming it through somebody else when you never spoke it out loud and then it happens and then you find yourself praising god and you just feel filled up that's supernatural for me too i'm not when i say supernatural i don't just mean like bigfoot like yeah i believe that that fits in there too but so right. so like I, i'm riddled with all of these supernatural things happening and that's the reason why i just wanted to, to limit it because i don't want to go down too many rabbit trails and start sure. talking about all of it right now but with my wife one of the contributing turning points was here i have my wife you know we are marriage is the highest honor relationship outside of our relationship with god so as like we are growing and you know we're talking and just getting to know each other better i, I noticed that she would talk about her childhood and things she experienced and seen and it was no it wasn't without memes it was without jokes it was like literally these these creatures exist in their cultures yes. not just folklore and like seeing and I would ask, well, why don't, why don't you want to talk about it with anybody else? And she would say, because you guys would make, you Americans would make fun of us for this. And I'm like, well, probably, yeah, because I get a hard time too. So like, yeah, you're a foreigner with an accent. They'll probably really shake you down for it, right? But then she says, no, 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 no. Your culture, you guys play video games about this. You watch movies about it. You read, you know, made up stories about it. You sit around at campfires and do your little marshmallows and tell these creepy little stories. But she says, we live that overseas. Like, we don't go outside at the dark. Our prayers are warfare battle prayers to protect us because literally, you know, stuff happens. And she's like, you guys don't get that here. And that like hit me so hard because like, here's my beautiful little wife, you know, late at night we're talking and she's dropping tears as she's pouring her heart out to me about how uncomfortable it is for for her and people like her to be able to try to talk about this stuff because we're just like we're too like just too fake this modern day yes. babylon we're just too fake we're just go 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 right. unless we can make money on that story we don't want to hear it like like that's this mentality i'm like that's disgusting but it layered me deeper into like there's no microphone on her. she has nothing she, She's not making this up. She has nothing to gain from it. If anything, she would be putting herself at risk for me to be like question her culture or be like, no, I don't want to travel to your country. Or You know what I mean? Like she's right. actually at, at risk of loss. And sure, if she says sure. it too loud at risk of loss of reputation locally, you know, sure. within family and within w whatever you want to call it. So like once she started to help me realize like, honey, we don't laugh about this. Like we don't go outside at, after dark. Like, this is very serious to us. You walk this way. You be careful what you talk about. Like, you always, right? And it was just like, I'm like, man, that's not an American thing. Like, no. Americans are like, that's a whole. So I became culturally, right. um, I started to shift and understand. And that that yes. was a, a really big solidifying point because then it helped me to, like, not be so afraid to dive into things I experienced and be like, well, you know what? I'm not going crazy. Like, I have all these notes out of things I experienced. You know, like, I know this stuff happened. But like I always kind of wanted to put it away because it wasn't, it wasn't cool or like acceptable at the time. It was like you know, like you, it just didn't fit in. So I always felt like put it on the back burner because I don't know how to unpack it. But like my right, wife was right. a big part of me having the confidence just to be like, you know what, I gotta run through and wash all of this against the word of God and just not be bold, uh, unashamed at all. So it's my daughter when she's three and a half years old, and then my wife. These two magnificent women. That's um, awesome you know that that really helped in the, these pivotal points in my life to just really be like no you know trust your gut trust your story trust the word wow. of god above all and 
be careful with these things. So that, that was a big turning point for me, you know, her, her wow. specifically. So that's amazing. You know, I don't want to say my friend's name, but mm. his wife is Filipina, one mm. of our Christian podcast friends. And I'm not sure if I should say <laughs> his name because I didn't ask him because it's his story and it's his wife's story. But I I, he's such a great yeah, guy <laughs> that I have a feeling that he wouldn't mind. But just to, yeah. to make 100% sure, he's going to be anonymous. But but actually what your wife is saying to you uh, and her experiences resemble sort of what our other friend, our mutual friend's wife said, and I, I actually uh, met them both. And I, I said, please, please come both of you on my show and share your experience, you know? And then she says, Oh no, I'm not, into, you know, and she's definitely not into podcasting or whatever. And she feels shy about it. So now I understand the con the cultural context of it, that she has everything to lose because she's talking to an American audience. And if yeah. American people around her get wind, they might think that she's cuckoo or something but the, yeah. but but that's the total opposite you know we're the ones that are cuckoo because we yeah. have totally funny, blinded right? ourselves yeah. yeah we've blinded ourselves <clears throat> to this other reality you know we if somebody says that you know they're seeing things or hearing things that are super normal or supernatural that you know we give them drugs and medication we put them into a, an insane asylum yeah, exactly. and they get locked up uh whereas over there in the philippines and, and among the red-pilled christians or, the, or the, at least the people that are open to the supernatural reality we realize that there is that other dimension that we can't see unless god takes the veil off and then we, yeah. we see that dimension obviously that happened for you when you had your autobody experience as a kid it happened to your lovely daughter and it has happened to your wife in the philippines um you know it was interesting i had this dream i feel like i should share this i had this dream when i was uh probably like maybe 10 years ago yeah. and um and it was just a very, very quick dream. I had this dream that I was in Mexico and it was at nighttime and I was walking around the streets. I've never been to Mexico. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, um, but they were saying, you know, hey, you, you get, get into the house, get into the house. Uh, you know, the, the chupacabra or, is, is running around or whatever, you know, and I'm like, what, huh? What do you mean? Mm. And so I, so I, everybody ran into the house and I saw this creature walk by. This is way before Blurry Creatures. This is way before I became red pilled, probably like in 2006, I had this dream. Yeah. So this, this big evil creature monster would would walk by in the streets right and i never forgot that dream because i'm like okay why on earth did i have a dream i was in mexico i've never been there and why would i have a dream that that everybody was getting into the house while this strange creature was was uh walking down the road and i have a feeling that maybe that's something that happens in the philippines where they like you said that they don't leave their house um but anyway so our, our mutual friend's wife said something to those effects uh she didn't talk about the little people but she talked about uh uh, this supernatural dog, like a foo dog or whatever, that would appear uh, to her, her, I think her grandmother or grandfather was a shaman or something like that. Mm. And it would, this dog would appear and, and they would do this incantation or whatever. And then mm. the food, food would supernaturally rise from the pot. And it was, mm. it was not Christian. It was, it was witchcraft. Um, yeah. So there was that. Um, and, and the, 
some other stories I forget, uh, but I don't doubt that this other Filipino wife, I, I'm sure that she probably has had experiences with, um, with little people. Oh, and another thing she said was that uh, portals, like some people would just escape into portals and they want, might not be seen for a few months and all of a sudden they're, they're there and they have these, uh, this memory of being in this other reality and yeah. I'm like, my mind is totally blown <laughs> uh, because like you said, in America, we hardly ever embrace that. And when we do, when, when that happens to us, you, t- you try to tell your pastor, not, not all pastors, but, but yeah. I, I think there's some pastors that are 90% open of it them now. don't want to hear it, but yeah, some of them are willing to be like, okay, yes. what's going on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I think that there's, yeah. that there's, a, there's a growing yeah. number of pastors that are open to this, but back in the day, you know, when we we're growing up, you tell somebody, you know, they're looking at you like, like, you know, you're at a mind or whatever yeah. um but yeah i totally i i think those are beautiful stories uh when you're at your out-of-body experience that maybe the lord took you out and maybe showed you uh maybe you're, that you have a spiritual body and and definitely showed uh showed your daughter holy angels and to comfort you uh to bring you to the knowledge of, of god um for when you were in court so that that's awesome that's that's amazing so i do have to apologize uh ron to you because we tried to i was on Rod's show like three months ago and i yammered on and on and on about my testimonial and i i promised ron that that i would make it concise and to the point and not put all this extraneous information in there so so i want to also share share my story and you you said ron that you had some questions for me too yeah absolutely and and I was so captivated by your story when you were on. I was like, I sat there and was just, I took that emotional ride with you. I'm an empath in a lot of ways. So like when I really want to care and listen, I will like put everything else out of mind and focus in. And then I'll feel like, you know, just like, ah, I'm taking this ride with this person's story. So, but what I want to ask you, we'll kind of come close to what you were asking me in a sense, but like, what was the defining point where you came to Christ and you realized like, I'm all in for him. Like there's no, nothing for me over there. Like when did you make that choice to to rock it out with Christ? Sure. Sure. Uh, well, um, I would have to say that, um, there were a lot of things that happened to me, you know, growing up, um, that made me really doubt the efficacy of the religion I grew up in, which was Buddhism, because I didn't see any redemptive value in it. I'm not saying that that all Buddhists, you know, are like this or whatever, but the religion or anything like that. I mean, I love Buddhist people. I just, I'm like, I don't believe in the religion uh, because I, I believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. No one goes to heaven, uh, but by him. And there's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So, um, so in a nutshell, uh, my my dad and, and mom were immigrants from Thailand, and they moved to from uh, from Thailand to California because their uh, Thai friend had moved to Southern California by Compton, actually. <laughs> so it was a very very modest home, and they were they were totally in a culture shock because they went from you know kind of you know sort of city life, you know, uh, but no gangs or anything like that, to like you know there was like 
you know, right next to Gangland right there. And and although it wasn't as bad in the 70s, you know, but but my my dad and my mom were in like culture shock, but my dad kind of blended in by growing a goatee and <laughs> things like that. And and he kind of tried to blend in, you know, to, to the, yeah. the 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 uh the Mexican uh people over there and such. Um and and my but my mother had a, a hard time. So my, my dad had had moved to California because he had gotten an architectural job uh there and he had gotten his architectural degree from the uh, university in thailand and so that's the main reason why he was able to to uh to move around and so he wanted to be a, a beginning draftsman over there and so while while he was assimilating into the culture with the language and the friends from work and things like that my mother was not um, she was having a hard time with the, the uh, assimilating into the culture and the language and and not making a whole lot of friends and she felt very depressed after she had, she had me she had postpartum depression and so unfortunately my mother had a lot of mental illness uh when i was probably starting at age five or six um, and so, unfortunately, I saw her go in and out of, of mental episodes, unfortunately. And uh, so, uh, my my parents had separated when I was eight, and my my mom uh, lived in Thailand where my, where my dad was here. But I was raised as an American girl from age zero to you know, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, but uh, so. Uh, my dad and I got along really, really well from age eight to 12. Like he was my best friend. He was my pal. He was the only one I had basically. But oh my gosh, when I was age 12, I got into a lot of occult stuff. Like um, I know a lot of Christians or just people in general don't don't think there's anything wrong with horoscopes and astrology, but um, but I was like really obsessed with it. And uh, I would read it every day and follow follow it to the T. And and um, I felt like I, I let the enemy in I, I really felt like at some point that it was um that a, an evil spirit had come in and and i know that for sure because in, um the there was a book called demons in the world today by dr merrill f unger and um the page that i had opened up to was about demons and fortune telling but that that's a little bit further down the road but but when i was 12 um i really got into uh the, dabbling into the occult with astrology and numerology and things like that and there's nothing wrong with um biblical astrology or even biblical numerology but that uh, satan can twist everything and um so i really felt at that point that the enemy had gotten a foothold in my life through that even though it was just a little a little small little pinprick of uh, of interest in the occult and um also, there's a possibility that um, whatever spirits that were uh, causing my mother's mental illness, um, and yes, I do believe that mental illness can be organic, but it can also be spiritual too. So I believe that whatever spirits that maybe was in my family bloodline was was oppressing me, plus the involvement of the occult and things like that. So I became uh, with uh, I had. Uh, bad self-esteem, was suicidal and depressed, I would say from age 12, 13, and 14. And, and then my dad and I uh, would argue and, um, you know, and really got into a lot of verbal fisticuffs and things like that, because I, I wanted to break away from his um, uh, paternal instincts or what have you. Um, but I remember feeling that sense of hopelessness one time when I was 13, just crying. Um, my dad and I had gotten into an argument 
because I wanted to be uh, this rebellious American girl and I was sneaking out of my window and, and meeting friends and things like that, you know, and uh, that was definitely not something that he grew up with. Like, uh, so my dad, my dad was, you know, old, like traditional, like, you know, you, you went to school and you went, you pleased your parents, you did your chores, you went to sleep, you know, rinse, repeat. And with me as an American girl, I wanted to have friends and, and I wanted to dress pretty, you know, with the, the right makeup and earrings and, and and, uh, and clothing and things like that. So that caused, you know, kind of a rift between us. Um, and so I became rebellious. Um, you know, like I said, sneaking out the window to meet, you know, friends and what have you. Um, and I remember we got into an argument and I, and, you know, it was really a sharp argument. And I remember my, uh, my friend and my friend's uh, mom was there and I just started crying and I started weeping in my hands. Like, what's the meaning of life? I don't understand why I was born, <laughs> you know? And I know it sounds ridiculous now, but I mean, I was really in, in my heart of hearts, I was crying and weeping uh, out of sorrow that you can't believe just because, and my mom had already died. Uh, she had committed suicide, unfortunately, when I was 12. So it was like a year after she had committed suicide that, um, you know, I was also questioning the meaning of life, you know, and in the things I was, I was telling you about the low self-esteem and the involvement in the occult. And then, and then who knows, maybe those, those same spirits that, you know, had, had influenced my mother to commit suicide were also trying to drag me down, you know, and, um, so a year, so that was, I remember asking myself that question, why am I alive? Why am I alive? And crying. And then in, um, I remember 87, December of 87. And I remember this date because um, there were some Gideons that went to the, the school bus um, when I was 14. Uh, and they, they were handing it to the, the kids on the school bus and they were freshmen all the way up to seniors on the bus. And I remember, you know, it can, I don't know about Philly, but it, 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 I don't know how they're, um, how receptive they are to the Bible or, or Christianity or whatever. It might be the same as California, but there, there was a lot of kids that were, would take their Bible and, and like start ripping out pages, you know, like some of the bratty kids in the back, ripping out pages and lighting it on fire. But I, I took the little Bible and, and I, I brought it home with me. And I remember in the back, there was a place to write your name. And I, so I put, I put Geraldine Kawi Wong. I go, okay, well, I'm going to write my name, you know, because it's my, it's my little Bible. And, um, but I remember, also getting another bible from this thai presbyterian church that um that was friends with my my late mom and dad so so the thai presbyterian minister um had had officiated the funeral for my mom uh which was very heartbreaking um to to know that she was in so much pain and turmoil and agony that that she committed suicide and um you know, my heart was broken. My, my dad's heart was broken. Um, but it almost seemed like I turned that sadness to, to anger and rebelliousness towards my dad. And, and, um, and that was, I would say that was the turning point right there was, I was, um, I was depressed. I was angry. I was suicidal. And, um, but, and I remember that, uh, in my freshman year, uh, I was, I think yeah, it was May of 88 and I was 15 and uh, I'm sorry, I was just about to turn 15 and, or maybe I was already 15. Sorry, I was already 15. Yes. And um, in May of 88 and um, 
there was this boy in front of me sitting in my freshman uh, class in my uh, theater arts class. And he had this book th uh, that was called Demons in the World Today by Dr. Meryl F. Unger. And, um, and I said, hey, can I borrow that? Because it had this, this uh, I was into horror movies too. So the cover of it was a picture of a woman uh, sitting at a table really solemnly. And, there, and behind her was an apparition of her husband. And that's what piqued my interest. And, and I said, oh, it looks like a ghost book. Because I was really into, you know, reading and watching the Amityville Horror, you know, The Shining and things like that, you know. Don't watch those movies, by the way, folks. Uh, really, you know, demonic evil movies and, and what have you. But anyway, but the Lord actually used that to pique my interest in this book because it had this the spooky cover. And uh, I said, hey, can I borrow that? And I said, sure. And so I opened it up and this, the, the chapter that it opened up to was demons and fortune telling. And it said that those who are in uh, into the occult, such as astrology, numerology and psychic stuff um, and other type of uh, divinational practices um, open the door to to demonic spirits. I know that sounds ridiculous to a lot of people, uh, even Christians, which is really sad because uh, Christians are supposed to believe in the supernatural. Um, but I, it just, it was, that was the defining moment that, that God really spoke to my heart. And I, I started weeping tears of joy. And the next several months after that, people would say, Jerry, I don't know what happened to you, but you've changed. I mean, I don't know if I, at that point, I, I wasn't like a full-fledged Christian yet, but kind of like you went through sort of these different phases, like black to gray and to white. So the, at that point it was like my gray phase because I, I cried out to God and I said, God, I, I cried. I said, I didn't know it was wrong. Uh, forgive me. I, I didn't know it was wrong, God. But then I wasn't sure who God was. Was that Jesus? Was that, you know, and I wasn't sure, you know, um, who God was, but I just knew, I just knew that it was, it was God that, that I needed to, uh, have a relationship with. Um, but, I, but later on a year, a year later after that, um, my friend invited me to church, um, in September of 89. And, uh, that's when I prayed the sinner's prayer and, and realized that Jesus was God and the only way to God. And, and I received Jesus in my heart at that, at that moment there. Uh, and, I, I wish I could say that it was all peaches and roses after that, but it was, it had lots of hills and valleys, ups and downs, uh, but um, overall the, the Lord, um, I don't know, for some reason I have, I think of this analogy of a, a cat being dropped off, <laughs> being dropped off from a roof, the, the cat lands on his feet. Well, I feel like I'm that cat. And, and the only reason why I landed on my feet was because of Jesus. It was because of God, because I had made some stupid mistakes. Um, I know you had made some mistakes before you got saved. I made them after I got saved. <laughs> oh, no, and, I made them, I made them oh, after, too. Yeah. Oh, okay, you did before. No, it after. wasn't all. Me too. Yeah, it's a long, drawn-out story. <laughs> Me too. So. Me too. And 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 you know that that I went on and on about about all the details and stuff like that. And, and and our audience, for the sake of brevity, probably doesn't want to listen to all the little sordid details of of our, our mistakes. But uh, to make a long story short, um, I finally, uh, I would say, I I, I did have definitely a. Uh, I had definitely the uh, conversion experience from, from darkness to light, but then I kind of went back to my old ways. And the Bible says that, that if, um, if a demon leaves its home and it calls you, your, your soul, it's home. If a demon leaves its home and, and wanders around, um, 
trying to find another home. Uh, but then he gets this idea, aha, I'll go back to the home I, from originally that, that I came back and sees that it's swept and, and empty. It brings back seven other worse spirits than itself. So if you, if you come to know the Lord and you backslide, then the, the, the last day, your, your second condition can be worse than the first. So I feel like because I backslid that I allowed some things into my life that, that uh, could have been avoidable. Um, but, but thank God, um, the, like I said, the, the cat analogy, I felt like the Lord had, you know, uh, redeemed me. And, and finally I, I did, I got, I went through some dark times, very, uh, very dark times from age 20 to 27, 28, but I met my, my husband on the internet as well. Um, I put my profile on one and only.com and, um, I had actually internet dated 98, 99, 2000, 2001. And so, um, so February of 2001, my husband and I met and it was a couple of dates and I kind of shrugged him off because I, because he was fairly introverted and I'm very extroverted. I'm like, oh, he's too shy for me. I'm like, ah, forget it. You know, I'm like, I just, I just don't ever break up with somebody via tech message or email. And I, I sent him a message via email <laughs> saying, you know, look, you're a wonderful guy, but I'm sorry. I don't think there's chemistry. Right. But then <laughs> But then a few months later in June or July, the Lord really started working on my heart. And I started thinking of how wonderful he was and is, and, and how, um, he has these, uh, awesome. So with introverted people, uh, they, they do have, a. uh, self-discipline and he's very caring and sharing, uh, and, um, just really has this uh, really calm and stable spirit about him. And that's something that I need. Uh, and that's something that I needed then and still need now. And that, as you can see, and um, so anyway, so I called him up in July of 01. I think it was, it was a little after the 4th of July in 2001. Um, and uh, I, I called him up and I'm like, Hey, do you want to go out again? And, and then we, we started uh, redating, I guess. So we've been together ever since nonstop since July of 01. And, and again, it hasn't, it's, it hasn't been a smooth ride sometimes, but there's, there's been times where it was like really smooth sailing. And then there's been other times where it was like really rough waters. Uh, but he's a wonderful Christian husband. And I'm so glad we met and we celebrated celebrated our 20 year anniversary, uh, in uh, June 28th. And, and that's totally by the hand of the Lord. And of course we, we, you know, we loved each other. We do still love each other. And it, it's amazing how like God can bring you somebody, but then he also wants you to love that person. Like he wouldn't bring you somebody that you weren't attracted to. He wouldn't bring you somebody whom you wouldn't love. So it was like, it was, it's both, I think. So, so I think that right person is, is God's will. Plus you also have to fall in love with that person too. And of course, continue loving that person through the, the help of, of the Holy Spirit, you know, to give us that agape love for that person, you know, not just the well, passion, me, you know. Let me ask you a question here. So like during that whole period of time, I know you talked about like, you know, from like 20 to like 27, it kind of being like bumpy. And what did you have supernatural experiences during that time? Like one or oh, yes. two that really sticks out to you. And after you came to the Lord, like, did it feel like there was restriction almost as to like the supernatural stuff that was going on was trying to keep you from growing and finding a deeper relationship with him. Just elaborate yes. on that a little bit. I'm curious to hear. Sure. I'm sorry. I, I didn't uh, talk about my supernatural experiences. Um, 
So when I had uh, actually rewind a little bit to my first supernatural experience. Um, so when I was when like a, I was a month, a uh, month or two after I, I had uh, started going to church um, and I had gotten the sleep paralysis. So some people might know what sleep paralysis is, where you're head to toe, just totally paralyzed and you're asleep, but you wake up to this paralyzed condition and you could sense an evil presence doing this to you. So that happened to me. Um, and I, and I, the next, uh, the following Wednesday, I went to youth group and I uh, had told my, my um, other uh, Christian youth group friends, I'm like, Hey, could you pray for me? And they weren't Pentecostal or anything. They were just totally not denominational. And they all put uh, a hand on my shoulder or my leg or something. And they prayed and they rebuked it in Jesus name. And it left. I did not get any paralysis until I was 20. Um, so when I was 20, I started really, really growing in the Lord. Like I was telling everybody about Jesus. And, um, I, uh, unfortunately, um, started getting the paralysis again. And I felt like it was a reprisal for growing. Like it wanted to stop me, uh, from really growing, continuing to grow in the Lord. And, Unfortunately, um, I, I was married once before from age 20 to 24, and, and uh, it resulted in a divorce because my ex-husband was verbally and mentally abusive and sometimes physically abusive. Uh, but during that, that, uh, that fr time frame of 2024, lots of uh, weird slash good and bad supernatural experiences uh, because whatever spirits that were in my ex-husband would come to try to attack me with sleep paralysis. Sometimes I get sleep paralysis four to six times a week. And I believe it was because the spirits inside him were, or around him were attacking me. I know that sounds strange, but, but I believe that's what happened. Um, and sometimes my ex-husband would say crazy and weird and strange things to me. You know, what there was another one time when I had left him the first time uh, he said that he was the devil himself and he took his fists and he shattered his fists on this Victorian glass lamp and the glass lamp shattered into pieces. And it was only by the Lord that protected me. It could have, it could have lodged into my head or my eyes or whatever. Uh, so praise God that God protected me. But um, there was, there was a good, interesting supernatural experience, which I, I had, uh, Oh, by the way, I did have an out of body experience. Um, so when, uh, rewind a little bit. So when I was 20, um, so when I started growing stronger in the Lord, um, I, I felt something, um, come up to me and like, kind of like jolt me awake. And I, I had one of those lamps that were, um, that if you touched the lamp in any part of the, in any part of the metallic lamp, uh, it would turn on. And I remember thinking, okay, why isn't this lamp turning on? I'm like, there's something wrong with this lamp, you know? And, um, so then I'm like, okay, I'm freaked out. I'm going to, I'm going to go to my dad's uh, bedroom because he had two, two, uh, twin beds. And so I proceeded to walk, uh, towards my dad's bedroom, but instead I wasn't walking. My head was flo I was floating down the hallway. My head was hitting the ceiling. Um, not, not physical, but I mean, my head, I was floating down the hallway and my head like was near the ceiling. And all of a sudden, like in an instant, I was back in my body and I go, oh, and I, and I, I touched the lamp and it turned on. So it was God, for some reason, the Lord allowed this demonic spirit to dislodge me from my body. Um, uh, and to show me that there's a spiritual route that, that, 
I have a spiritual body, uh, evidently. But that was the last time that uh, that when I had spirit, that was the last time that I had a sleep paralysis episode where a spirit actually allowed me to like leave my body. It was almost as if, I don't know, it was almost as if like, you know, maybe that spirit was like reprimanded for allowing me to leave my body or something like that. I don't know. It was weird. Um, but, but then like I had had sleep paralysis since then, but, um, but I, I, but I'd love to focus on the good, um, uh, two good, very wonderful, good supernatural experiences, uh, real quick. So, um, I was at a, a healing crusade and I don't want to say this evangelist's name because I believe I might get flack for it. Uh, but I was, at, <laughs> I was at, I'll tell you later, Ron. <laughs> I was at this, uh, this, this, uh, healing, uh, <laughs> prophetic, evangelist crusade in 95 and I went with my ex-husband and the pastor and his wife and a few other people and this particular evangelist I I don't know if he's totally right with God to be honest with you but sometimes God can use someone who whose theology is a little off kilter um or maybe their life isn't totally right, you know, but God sometimes can still use that person. So I was, I was at this uh, crusade and, and like thousands of people were in this arena in California, you know, the California. And um, then he said, okay, everybody hold hands, you know, with, with the person to your left and to your right. And then that it looked like he was throwing a, a Holy Spirit baseball and he, he threw the Holy Spirit. I, I know that sounds bizarre, but but it looked like he was throwing something at the audience, right? And then one by one, I see rows and rows and rows of people just fall back into their chairs. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, eh, that's fake. Finally, it came to my row. I literally felt something push my sternum back and I, I couldn't stand up and I, I, I fell back in my chair. So the big question is, since this person is a little off theologically, was that a demon or was that the Holy Spirit? I don't know to this day. I do believe it was the Holy Spirit because I did feel peace. But then, of course, you know, we know that, you know, the, the, the demons could come as a, as a, the, you know, angel of light. But I, I do believe that it was the Holy Spirit. Um, but then there's that 10% of my, you know, questioning, like, what exactly was that? You know, so that was a good supernatural experience. And then uh, fast forward to 2015 when I started podcasting. Um, so Kay Carswell and I, um, she passed away and she went to be with the Lord. But um, so when Kay Carswell and I podcasted together doing deception detection radio, um, we we had talked about holy angels as well as evil angels. We talked about fallen as well as holy angels. And um, so it was interesting that um, that like like a couple nights after that, I, I awoke to the sound of the most beautiful, angelic song. It was not the it was not the radio. It was a beautiful female angelic song. It was not the radio. It was not the TV. I just knew it was a holy angel, just like your daughter knew what she saw was an angel and that was a very positive those were two very positive experiences well the first one was like not sure you know and the second one totally a hundred percent knew that was that it was a holy angel singing and i know that in the bible many times that uh, holy angels manifest themselves as male but i have to tell you that this was a female holy angel and she was singing <laughs> um so 
you know, and I was right with the Lord. So I can't, I, I can't imagine that it was, you know, something demonic, you know, cause I, I really d- did feel the Lord. So the, those were the two um, very good supernatural experiences, but the rest are like, Oh, it's like, why do I have to be attacked? You know, every time, like for this, for, like for doing this podcast, the enemy is probably going to attack me, you know, uh, as a reprisal against, you know, getting the word of God out of there because our testimonials is what really defeats the enemy. As we know that it's the word of our testimonial and the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimonial that, that defeats the enemy and that really spreads. um, And I think a lot of like what you're saying is so important because I deal with that as well, where it's like the, the battles like some of the stuff that goes on to be able to do this show and to pray with people and and there's a lot of ministry that goes on where the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing in my case like i don't social medialize like put everything up on social media i'm not on there every two or three hours doing updates like i'm just like we're called to do certain things and then there's a time and a place for the rest of it but what the battles that actually take place um it's very interesting. It's very interesting. But the word is going to tell us ex- the remedy, exactly what to do. Like we put on armor. And I don't mean like I'm going to imaginarily spiritually put on. Like I think when the helmet of salvation is, is being talked about in Ephesians, like repentance is a change of mind, like like and a change of direction. Like we, we wash and change our mind. So like if we're in that place of a changed mind, like we are countering whatever battlefield of the mind, whatever the arrow of the enemy is, is coming against us. We're saying like, no, I am saved by the blood of Christ. Like he mm-hmm. is working all of this together until the day of his, his coming, or I leave this earth. However, whatever, however this ends, he's going to work this out. And I think a lot of the times it's like, people think it's like too lofty or too goofy, but like the reality is we're all battling for a mental space of something or another. We're battling for attention. We're battling for the raise at work. We're battling for yes. whatever it is, right? Oh, we want vacation. We need to make sure all this stuff is lined up. So it's like, yes. well, what about battling for just like Proverbs says, so a man thinketh he is. If you think you're important, if you think that you're loved and you have value, well, most likely you're going to glow like you do. But but then beyond that, what is God actually, does he delight in that? Well, he delights in faith. The substance it was so yes. for. So I just, I just think what you're saying is important because a lot of the times we're like, well, I'm going to call this person and ask them to pray for me because I'm getting, I'm under attack right now. I did this podcast episode or I'm praying for these people or this stuff is going on. God is calling me deeper into the, these places where more responsibility, you know, just more, whatever you want to call it. Right. But the thing is, it's like God tells us we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So that's a choice. Amen. Like we have to say, I am strong in the Lord. I am a child of the King, right? I'm a friend of the King. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't like me or what I'm about or what I'm saying, you don't like him because there's nothing actually of me that's worth any value. Like, okay, testimony, that's cool. But, but it's by the blood of the lamb and it's, it's by the blood of the lamb that I have a testimony because I wouldn't have one without him. And and so the battle is so real. And that's why I don't like, I hate trying to tell my testimony or stories because there's so much and I feel scatterbrained a lot of the time. Like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to try to line up or stick to just a, a portion of this. But I, I also want to speak about what's edifying. So, so I love yeah. the fact that you just, you're transparent and you're, you're willing to bring that up and actually say, you know what? Yeah. The, the battle is real. And then I think this is where the encouragement becomes more than just is more than a podcast right now. 
is more than a podcast right now because this is actually two people who are chasing after the Lord for what our calling is and what where he wants to lead us in the face of a battlefield. Like we are on a battlefield Amen. and the That's encouragement true. is real and his word is true. So I want to ask you, I think we'll, we'll kind of move into to this. It, what, what do you think the next step is like, like for your ministry with the podcast? Like, I know everything that you've been doing, right. And, and you're reaching people and stuff like that, but has God like worked with you in, in, in a space where he's starting to reveal to you, I'm calling you to this, or has he exposed any of what you would say, maybe what your gifts or, or callings are? Is there anything well, that's like a great that going question. on? Sure. And as a matter of fact, I thought that I should transition into that uh, because that's probably what a lot of people want to know. How did we get into podcasting? Uh, what inspired us? And definitely it was the Lord. Um, so it's interesting. I would say that uh, my desire to do public speaking was birthed way back, probably, I would say maybe. 15 years ago or something. And uh, my, my favorite saying to my husband was that I have so much to say, but nobody will listen. <laughs> so now people are listening. <laughs> like you find folks, thank you for listening, by the way, or watching, <laughs> or both. Um, so it's interesting that, that when I started listening to podcasts, uh, such as Doc Marquis, who uh, went on to be with the Lord, he was an uh, ex-Illuminati, uh, ex-Warlock, and who was became a Christian. So I started listening to him. I started listening to L.A. Marzulli and um, a bunch of different, you know, uh, red-pilled, you know, Christian supernatural type of podcasters. And I, for some reason, the, a lot of them escape uh, my my thinking right now. I include, actually, sorry, Canary Cry Radio. Uh, so I, I started listening to um, a lot of uh, Christian, uh, paranormal, Christian, supernatural, or red pill type of shows. The first one being Paratruth Radio. And uh, there, so around 2014, I, um, I'm sorry, let me rewind back. In 2013, I was going, uh, I was taking some classes for um, a degree, a bachelor in psychology degree uh, in, for Liberty University. I just have an associate's, but I was trying to edge towards a bachelor's degree. But anyway, um, I had taken a Christian and uh, cinematic arts class. And one of my classmates, uh, Eric uh, from Paratruth Radio, he and I became friends in 2013 and became friends on Facebook. And then 2014, I saw that he and his friend, uh, he and his cousin, Justin, had started, uh, restarted, restarted a new podcast called Paratruth Radio. And, and they they were veterans in podcasting before like five years before or 10 years before even that and and they're younger guys so it, so they're like super veterans so they probably started in their early 20s or something like that uh doing pod, uh, podcasting paranormal podcasting and so i thought to myself self you should do a podcast one of these days but i don't have the time i work full time i i don't have the time or the energy I'm done at the end of the day, you know, what at the end of the day, you know, five, five 30, you know, it, uh, I I've checked out, you know, and I go exercise and have dinner with my husband and bam, I'm going to sleep or, or at that time I was going to school. I have no time. But then in 2015, a, another friend named Channing uh, from the full fledged radio, he invited me on his podcast on blogtalkradio.com and I didn't need any of this po this equipment at all. No microphone, nothing. <laughs> he, he just said to call on the phone, right? Oh, wow. So I so I just started calling on my cell phone and uh, and 
and one by one, I started um, building up shows on his on his show, building up episodes on his show, the full fledged radio. And, um, and then after I had a few shows under my belt, I'm like, Oh, this is lonely to do it by myself. So I prayed for the right, uh, co-hostess and Kay Carswell came along. And so I got her into podcasting. So she and I podcasted together and then we went our separate ways and, uh, she took the torch and, and lit the world on fire with her podcast. She has, she and Kay, uh, sorry, she and Chad Riley uh, together for, they did podcasting for three and a half years. I mean, they did, uh, they had, they had hundreds of episodes and I just knew that it was, it was a God thing that I started her in podcasting because that was something that she had always loved, which was paranormal radio uh, starting when she was a little girl listening to coast to coast. But anyway, to answer your question, um, to fast forward to the present, I've been podcasting since 2015, and I had different names, uh, Thai Girl for God Radio uh, and Amazing Grace Radio. And um, in November of 21, um, so I was by myself from 2015 all the way to December 21. Uh, I, I said, Lord, I... I would really not, I'd really love to have a co-host again. And I, I, I'd like a different, a different name. Please show me what I should name my new podcast name. Please give me a podcast name. That's different and new and, and interesting. And so I was driving along, you know, how, how, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, I felt the Lord say strange o'clock. I'm like, strange o'clock. That's really strange. Right. <laughs> and, but I felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to call it is strange o'clock podcast. And probably because, you know, to the world as Christians are strange and, um, uh, to the natural man, supernatural things are strange. So, and of course they have stranger things, you know, and, and for some reason I felt like the Lord say name it strange o'clock podcast and to, to contact Michael Basham did me my co-host. And I felt like the Lord uh, paired us up podcast wise, because I'm more Asian on the outside and more American on the inside. And he actually is more Asian on the inside and American on the outside, because he spent 15 years in China as a missionary. And, and so I felt like he, he, uh, you know, has that Asianness on the inside and I have it on the outside. So I felt like the Lord, you know, has that, um, had brought that combined, you know, experience together, you know, so that we could talk about stuff that's similar. We've had similar uh, guests, some of the same guests like Dan Duvall and some of the, there's a few others, like maybe three or four of the same guests that we've had or that I've had before. And, and so I think that there's that, that neat intersection of uh, guests that we, we both share Rod and, uh, and also with Michael and I, we, we both share uh, several um uh, guests that I've had on my show and he's had. And uh, so I guess the direction I felt like the Lord uh, wants me to go in that I'm hesitant on is speaking what the Lord has shown me. Cause I do a lot of, of kind of like at a, at a rock concert, you know, when somebody like crowd surfs, you know, I'm like that person on the ground, you know, like holding up, you know, that other person crowd surfing, but I felt like God's uh, yeah. saying, I want your voice, whatever I'm speaking to you and through you, I want your voice to be out there. And I'm like, oh, I'm sort of bashful and shy about it. You know, what if somebody calls me a heretic or whatever, you know, because there's, there's some people who, who say, oh, you know, you know, 
God isn't doesn't give any new revelation these days. You know, God isn't speaking through people these days. He's, you know, if you want to hear from God, you've got to just read the book, the Bible aloud. And and yes, that is partially true. But I do believe that in the book of Acts, when it says that these gifts are for your children and your children's children and those who are far off, we are those who are far off. The book of Acts never died. You know, I'm uh I became a Pentecostal Christian when I was 20, and that's probably why the enemy was trying to suppress me. Uh, and and I, I do believe in healing and deliverance and tongues and what have you. I know some of you might disagree, but that's okay. Uh, but it's not, those things are not salvific, but I believe that it does bolster our faith and and we could be... Um, really powerhouses for the Lord, you know, but even if, if, even if you don't believe the same way, uh, the Lord, you know, still uses people that don't don't have those, you know, aren't aren't operating in those things that I just mentioned. Um, but I feel like the Lord wants me to, to give words of knowledge and words of wisdom out to people. And, um, I'm a little hesitant because I have some friends that are, they're skilled in apologetics and they're skilled in exposing the, the, uh, false doctrine and everything. And I just, I guess I, I, I shouldn't fear, but, but I, I get concerned that I might be lumped into that. If I say, if I say, okay, I feel like somebody's listening right now that is, is struggling with, you know, this and that sin or whatever, you know what I mean? You know, have, have you ever seen those people on TV? I feel like God yeah. could use us still, yeah. but I am hesitant because I have some friends that, that actually call those types of people heretics. And I'm like, do I want to be well, <laughs> labeled, mislabeled? Well, what you're saying is important because I think a lot of people are in the, the mind frame, but there, somebody said this to, to help me with that as well, because I was in a similar boat where it's like, well, I don't have all this figured out and I'm hesitant on sharing even some of my own testimony because I haven't prayed about each snippet of it. I haven't brought it before the Lord and asked for clarity and everything. So I'm like, well, some of it is just for me. Some of it is for edification purposes, right? Yes. But we have an audience of one. Yes. Amen. So if we're in tune with God and he's, he's pricking our hearts or knocking on the door of our soul right? Hey, I want you to say this to them. God, I can't do that. They're not going to look right. If if we're in that kind of dialogue, just refocusing on, we have an audience of one. Amen. Like God is watching and we're, we're a child to him. We, we have value beyond, beyond measures that we would use. Our templates don't, don't come close to the value that God sees in us. Um, I wish just like the apostle Paul said that, that we, the saints would know the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height. And I believe that's multiple folded. I I believe that can be unpacked in in many ways and still be accurate. But what I would say to you, just as you know, I see what you have put in like the the first round table episode I was ever on that you were behind the scenes, orchestrating that you were doing that you had the heart to get people together and God is using you in ways. And, and it's interesting because sometimes when we feel like we're just kind of sitting there and everybody's zooming around us or, oh man, they just blew up this quick or that show just grew this fast or whatever. Well, God has a season for you and he has a calling for you and he has people for you to reach that they can't reach. And sometimes the wisdom from learning what maybe didn't work for those people who went too fast is going to be a part of the recipe that keeps you in it for the longer, for like the the bigger stage or the, or the better stage, like really helping sending up God's glory by being um, uh, available. 
by being obedient and available to what he wants to do. And I see that with you, Peach. Like I see you have this heart to just recognize other people and to really just take, you know, this place where it's like you're serving like in a place of just joy in your heart, promoting other people and just not judging other people and really not wanting to be like lumped in with any one click in particular. I see this yes. with you. I see your posts. I listen to your podcast. We've, you know, we've Aww, been in and you. out of communication since the round table that was, that was done almost nine months ago, I'd say at this point, but yes. Um, just remember you have an audience of one first and if yeah, he's pleased you. with it, um, he's the one that opens the floodgate for you to reap, whether it's 30 or or 50 or a hundred, whatever, whatever his plan is for you to reap that nothing, nothing can be taken away from you. So. Oh, thank you so much, Roger. So helpful and and encouraging. Absolutely. And I I definitely uh, resound that same back to you for sure. And, and uh, we both have an audience of one for sure. And, uh, and if we please him, that's the most important thing. Uh, that's the all-encompassing important thing. And it, as a byproduct, if somebody gets saved or edified or encouraged or what have you, then then that's um, definitely like a runoff from the blessing that that you know we want to give to God. It's all God worth gives it to us. It's yeah, all worth it for sure. It. Amen. For sure. Absolutely. So let me ask you this real quick. What what's one of the most like what what's your favorite episode that you've created? Like, like what's that one interview where it's like, you actually go back on a rainy day and listen to it. And you're like, Oh, this is the one, you know, like, like is uh, for all the years of podcasting or what sure. would be that one go to? I have to say, I love all of our guests that were on our show, but the one that popped into my head the most in, in which was open to the public. It was controversial in a good way. It was Justin Fall of the former Fourth Watch Radio. Uh, do you know who Justin Fall is? I've heard of him. I actually ordered some DVD sets, I'd say in like 2019 or 2020, where I believe okay. he was involved in the production. And I've heard the name thrown around, but I can't put a face to it. Yeah. Gotcha. So he, um, so lately he's been doing documentaries with his brother, Westfall, and he, he has some amazing videos on Vimeo, um, like one called The Hollow Earth, another one that um, exposes America's dark, albeit Freemason satanic roots. Uh, and there's, there's two other ones I forget. So I think there's a total yeah, I, of four. I ordered some DVDs, I'm trying to remember. It's like on the tip of my tongue what it was called. Me too. So I think he, he interviewed to- Tom Horn. And like Derek Gilbert, a couple of different people in like these different settings. And he was talking about like some secret societies or secret something societies. like that. Secret societies. Yeah, I, yes. yeah I, know, might, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, You know yeah, who I'm talking about, cool. right? Yeah. So, but when he was doing more of the podcasting and not so much of the documentaries. Uh, so he and Kay Carswell, my former co-hostess, who's went on to be with the Lord. Uh, and I did a show on Giants. And um, that was on Blog Talk Radio, and we did not know what we were getting involved, what we were getting ourselves into. So when Channing had opened the floodgates, (laughs) there was a man, and and again, I was just a facilitator, so I wasn't a debater or anything like that. I didn't didn't do the biblical defense of giants and Nephilim, but Justin did. So this, this dude, this older dude calls in, and he says, he says, well you know, uh, angels don't have genitals, right? <laughs> and and he, he said, sir, <laughs> he, 
<laughs> and he said, "Well, angels don't have genitals." Or and, and then he then Justin asked him, "Well, well have, you ever, have you ever seen an angel with his pants down?" <laughs> and so, but he did a really good biblical defense that the in Genesis six that the the sons of God who were the fallen angels uh, had saw that the daughters of women were beautiful and and had sex with them. Their, their, their children were the Nephilim or the giants because that flies in the face of 90% of what's taught in seminary that the, that the sons of God were the righteous men of Seth and the daughters of men were the daughters of Cain and that doesn't make any sense because when you get human man versus human woman or human man plus human woman their offspring shouldn't be the anomalous giants men of renown nephilim or what have you and uh, but it wasn't it was a debate um i'll have to send you the link sometime i mean i might put the link in the show notes or something so people can listen please to do, it. yeah send it to me so i can listen to it and i definitely want to add that to the show notes i think that's oh, a good okay idea. awesome that's the one that pops into my head the most just not because they are more important than the other guests we've had it's just that that was at the beginning of when i first started podcasting and not the very first one but it was like maybe the seventh one i've done and 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 also it was like what the beginning of my podcasting and uh it was uh open to the public i have never fielded questions from the public before it, it was just that episode and and uh so folks <laughs> I, I, if any, if there's any podcasters out there, I do not recommend that you allow callers to call in unless they're fielded, unless they're vetted by a, an, a, like an assistant or something. But it was, it was amusing. It was really amusing though. <laughs> but more than anything, it really, it, the, the, the controversy or the conflict actually showed Justin Fall. Um, he really just uh, really hit a home run with the apologetics you know, regarding uh, the the biblical origins of, of the giants. And so I think that's why it stuck out to my mind the most. Great. Answer. How about you? Oh, what's, what's the one that sticks out in your, in your head the most or the top two or so? Yeah. I mean, I, so I was asked like a similar question and normally what I'll do in my mind is I'll go back to like the, the very beginning of like podcasting. Like there was these like in, incremental moments where it's like I really understood something significant was happening so like I shared about when my sister came on and like shared this hat man experience that she had and I think what was so cool about that is like here like we grew up in this old famous Philadelphia farmhouse there's a bunch of history in the house that I grew up in and uh, my sister when she was younger had this hat man experience she sees this hat man at the top of like I think at the third yeah the third story of the house and um that that was talked about like just with like friends and family like like uh, minutely right and then over the years it was kind of like kind of forgotten about like every once in a blue moon somebody would bring it up or something like that but that that was a moment where i interview her in season one she shares different like dreams and stuff that she's had shares the hatman experience it felt good she got it off her chest i felt good capturing it and like we aired it all out so that was like a moment where i'm like and then I looked and I'm like, I'm not a numbers guy. I don't look at numbers. I don't work with people based upon how many numbers or popularity. I think that that's nonsense. I think that that's people just looking for, for reputation over who our audience of one is concerned Amen. with. But that episode got some downloads and I'm like, well, then people will listen. Like people are actually interested. 
you know, because it was kind of weird to be like, oh, I'm a Christian yes. and I seen a ghost. So you're like here, there, like right. uh, a few years ago. Now it's just like, I, you know, everybody and anybody is talking about it now. Just people right. randomly of all different positions and yes. spectrums of like importance all the way down to the basic person next door all have a story to tell now. But I, but I think that was like a really big moment. And, and there's a couple others. I mean, like, knock my socks off guests. I'd say Dr. Laura, obviously. Awesome. Um, but because there's backstory with her, too. So it's like not just an email and then, oh, I'm hearing her vo- voice for the first time. I go through like this really dark place where, you know, we lose the house, our first house we're buying because of like some some coding stuff and well and whatever, right? The, the, it doesn't go through. And then my wife's in a car accident and I lose half my income oh. all within like a two week span. This is um, wow. 21. So, so like Dr. Laura, who was like scheduled to come on, we're emailing. We had like, I think maybe one or two phone calls at that point. I cancel everything. And she actually is like, I felt like in the spirit, something's going wrong here. So she actually takes time to pray and encourage me. And there's like no microphone on. Right. No, but behind the scenes, it's like she's sharing with me experiences she had years ago. And, you know, she she almost fell apart and lost everything. And like wow. how she's like, you just focus on God, it's just the encouragement, focusing on God. And just so yes. like she comes on the show, like I think the podcast has ended. I kind of played around with the waters a little bit. Should I start it? But God, I didn't get the green light. Everyone's telling me to. I'm like, nope, I'm not really feeling it. Um, and then all of a sudden, like some, you know, I get the green light pretty much from God. He's like, okay, start the show back up because there was too much going on in my, in my private life. The podcast was not more important than the condition of my household. It was not right. more important than the condition of my household. Like that's my ministry first. So yeah, I put the podcast that. on the side and then things got a little bit better. And then God was like, okay, go with it. So when Dr. Laura came on, it was just like months, like, you know, months and months of all this going on. And I seen, the, the, the diligency of just trusting God's voice and walking through dark and hard times that he'll, he'll actually bring you to where you thought you were just about to be, but he might test you along the way. So I think that that was like knocked my socks off personally, but I, there's every episode being something to me. Like I don't yes. air just anything on the millennial mustard seed. I've literally had people, um, say, why did you have this person on? Why did you cover this kind of content? And I'm going, listen, really? Wow. Yes, of course. But but my thing is, is I want to capture what I see people are doing right. I don't want to like right. make episodes on like, like, like God is going to correct people. The ministries right. that are not supposed to be here, the podcasts that are not supposed to be here, it will not be long until they are off the grid and forgotten. And I don't say that out of boldness. I say that because God is not pleased with certain things and certain things he is pleased with. Yes. And the things that move forward, he's going to make that known as time goes on. And the things that he's not pleased with, he's going to disassemble it. But the thing that, that I was starting to understand was I didn't want, it's not my job to be disciplining people. If, if somebody's in Christ and they're doing something real crazy, it is, I believe it's the body's job to be like, yo, listen, this is where are you at? Like what's really going on here? But just because somebody's a little bit theologically different in a sense, or maybe they take the Sethite view, I'm not going to, it's right. not my job to write a book about everything they're doing wrong. If I capture sure. something they are doing right. And I really feel yes. And I pray about it and I'm watching and I'm, I'm watching in the background and I'm going, okay, God, um, this is a good thing that they're standing for. I want to capture that because I believe right. we all have a little something wrong and we all have a little something we right. Do. 
I don't discriminate. I don't care if you're a theologian. I don't care if you're the guy next door. We all have a little something wrong and we all have a little something right. And God gave me that in confidence. I say that I don't care who would be on the receiving end of that in the humility and the confidence and the meekness we're all moving towards a deeper revelation of who Christ is and what he's about to do. So yes. with that kind of stuff, I just air well on the show. What I feel like I'm capturing that's good and beautiful. And like, I like just any conversation. If it gets the green light from God, I air it. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? Awesome. That, it's that kind of thing where it's like, okay, this is going to help somebody. But I think there's, there's over entertainment in a lot of ways too. I think a lot of people are just way more in, uh, concerned with entertainment or popularity. Am I covering a topic right. that is popular? I can see other people covering it. Or is it really like there's loose ends here? This is helpful for my journey and I know it's going to affect other people. So I, I think yeah. that that's, that's important. That, that's really important as a podcaster because I've said already, and I'll say it again, I don't know if I'll be podcasting in six months from now or in two years from now. Yes, same here. I have learned it is better to just say, okay, God, continue to prepare me for what's next because yes. I do not want the whoop if I try to <laughs> run or say no, like that hurts. There's enough going on. I'd want to be with you. So uh, yes. hopefully that encourages somebody out there as well as, as being malleable to where God's calling us and what he's choosing to do. But then also recognizing um, the mouthpiece has a function in the body and we can't, you know, we, we can't try to negate certain functions of the body and then wonder why the body of Christ isn't firing on all cylinders. So when we do have something to share, when it is edifying, when it is for our learning, our rebuke, or just, I, I, I hate to say entertainment because of the entertainment industry, but there, there right. should be healthy entertainment for Christians. Like we need alternative things to go to and listen to, uh, yes. whether it just be some good, clean humor or yes. just conversations. Like somebody wants to wash the dishes. Somebody's washing the dishes right now and they just want to listen to me and you talk and share our stories. Like, that's cool. That's better than what the world wants to recycle. In oh, definitely. So I believe there's a time and space for all this. And I, and I really like, uh, and enjoy what you do. And I recognize, um, you know, you're doing stuff behind the scenes and just really promoting people and being positive and, and, you know, just not being that. unashamed of the gospel. So um, really yeah. it's an honor to have been on this episode with you and just to get to know you better and uh, to uh, collaborate and, and just share our stories. So super cool. That's awesome. I am very honored and blessed with being in this collaboration podcast with you and uh it's amazing how the lord brings people together i think that we had met through i believe blurry creatures is that correct no um actually you started that um message group or something like that for after the william ramsey roundtable episode so really uh somebody i think yes. it was chris He's, oh, he Chris added you in on that. Yeah, he added me, and I'm like, That's "What is going right. on? What world did I just enter into?" There's like all, all these other podcasts and stuff going on, but there was this like nine That's person awesome. panel where I was invited to join with William Ramsey. Okay, like, now well, I, I remember who William is, and I know who Chuck from Fire Theft is. So I'm like, "Yeah, sure, I'll join. I at least know two of these people." And then kind of got introduced to you from that point in time. It's the first time I really uh, seen your oh, face, wow. heard That's your show, awesome. or anything. So that was the starting point what was wow. what you had put together with Michael Basham and, and everybody else to do that round table episode. That's how 
that's how I oh, found okay found okay that's great i'm glad i'm glad that you mentioned that that it was chris price that invited you into the christian podcast group and uh, i know that that's not all inclusive of every christian podcaster so if you're listening out there and and uh you and we haven't collaborated please send us a message uh, we would love to hear from you for sure uh you can send it to strange o'clock at yahoo.com or do you have an email that they can send something to you yeah, actually, in my show notes, I have my email address on the website, but it, it's rjajsmith77 at iCloud.com. Okay, so they can email I, you. Actually, for, yeah, let me make sure I got that right. This sounds crazy, but I don't even know. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I can look it up. I, I do like up. show notes and stuff all the time. I don't. Well, that's right. It'll be in the show notes, uh, your email and yeah, my email. Yeah, I got it right. It's rjajsmith77 at iCloud.com. If somebody wants to reach out to me, but in the yes. episode show notes, you guys will find, I'll do links um, for anybody that I have on or just like brief, uh, write out a brief description of what the episode's about. And in this case, you'll be able to find uh, for when this airs on my show, you'll be able to find the Strange O'Clock podcast, what what Peach is doing, Michael Basham, what they're doing over there is really cool. They've had some awesome guests on so for my listeners, all the mustard seed faith out there, we're a str- we're small in a strong community. You guys don't understand the significance of this core group of uh, just just us who who are loving the Lord and listening to all these podcasts over here. Keep praying for me and for their show, and go over and show them some love, uh, five star ratings and reviews for them. And you guys got some awesome guests that I was like, man, I was kind of blown away by a couple of those episodes. I was like, oh, wow, that really helped you, me get uh, through the week. The Deliverance episode, awesome. I forget, was Steve. I want to say, was it? Steve Harmon. Yeah, Steve Harmon. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, there was a couple of episodes. I was like, wow, that's good. I listen to podcasts, but I don't listen to like a ton of different podcasts anymore. Like as time goes I on, I listen to less and less. And I'm like right, right. reading or audible, listening to like audio books or just sure. getting wild in my own mind. Like I got to create some cool content here. Like I get ideas where I'm like, this would be hilarious or this needs to be covered. <laughs> right, right. Awesome. And I, I forgot to tell you how much I enjoyed that your uh, conversation with Dr. Laura Singer. Mm. I really, I really liked that episode. And that was really heartfelt. Um, and I really, I really like uh, any shows she does, but especially the show that you did with her. I really like that. That's I mean, she definitely on, one she of my favorites. Like four times, I think now we covered marriage. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we covered um, breaking, um, breaking iniquity and stuff like that and then the spiritual mapping the nephilim agenda and then we she was on real recently actually i think a month or two ago i dropped it and it was the fear of the lord and defeating giants and each one of them is just like man this is crazy oh you definitely have great episodes i love the guests that you've interviewed i i'd I need to catch up, but I listened to the last two uh, with Dan mm. Duvall, which is definitely a heavy hitter. Uh, and also uh, the one with Enoch P- uh, Putris, our mutual friend. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then I've listened to four or five shows before that. And each one of mm. them have been amazing. Uh, you're uh, one of the best Christian hosts that I've heard. You're very warm Thank and friendly and you're very honest and authentic. And I'm, I'm really blessed and impressed uh, by, by your podcast and, and you in general, you, you definitely are a man of character uh, it and some would say for a millennial <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you, but you really stand out among your peers for sure and, and so glad that that you're that you're a voice for this your generation and you're really speaking faith to them because every generation uh whether a through z needs the lord jesus and and i think that um 
Mm. There's not enough people that that give uh, millennials or, or even the younger generations uh, kudos, you know, for for having faith. And and yes, it's you know faith and going to church and reading the Bible and having a relationship with Jesus. It seems to be dwindling, you know, less and less. But at the same time, it's more and more. So, uh, so so yes, there's only like ten percent of generation y and z that has like biblical christian faith but out of that 10 percent, oh boy those people are on fire for jesus and and it's you know the as, as the bible says a remnant will be saved and yeah. even if it is you know wh- however many you know that is but but that whatever 10 or 20 percent of people can can you know light the world on fire and and share the love um, and passion of Jesus you know with, with those people you know whether it's podcasting or YouTubing or TikToking uh, you know there's there's young people uh, as a matter of fact I, I know that this uh, young couple now oh my gosh uh, I was blown away uh, by Nick and Alyssa Dotson and um, mm. And they're, I think they're in their late twenties. I'm not sure. Um, but they used to be, uh, prayer counselors, uh, for, uh, pastor Vlad Savchuk's ministry. Mm. And then they win people to the Lord th- through TikTok. I'm like, I'm not even doing that. I just put out podcasts. I mean, but he's on the phone with them. Like, uh, I don't know about now, but I, I think now, but, but I, I know that he, he was at least, um, and it, he might be still be doing now, uh, talking to people for like four hours a day, uh, who are saying that they're suicidal or they're you know on drugs mm. and they want to get off drugs and, and they, they are, have questions about Jesus they have questions about mm. God and I'm like oh my gosh I need to be present for people I really want to sw- switch gears and not just uh, put out shows but also to be to really be interactive with people and and uh, I think that part of it would be probably getting on some of these platforms where there's a lot of younger people um, like TikTok uh, and, and things yeah. like that. But anyway, but yeah, it was wonderful awesome. collaborating with you, Rod, once again, I'm so blessed by your testimonial and, and uh, interacting with mm. you. And I do hope and pray that, that this uh, does reach people and, and plant a seed in their hearts or, uh, or a, a strange millennial mustard seed in their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do this again in, in the future. And I love to talk with, uh, tell Michael Basham, I said, what's up? And yes, I hope sir. he's doing well. I see his lives yes. every once in a while and I'll jump on and he's always like, the mustard seed is here watching me. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I love his personality. I think he's, oh, yeah. he's, got a great he's personality. a cool cat. So I would love to um, talk with him at some point in time in the future, both of both of you. And awesome. um, thank you for being cool and being you. And thank you. you have so much to offer the kingdom. And I'm just excited to see what God does moving forward with the Strange yeah. Park podcast. So. Awesome. And vice versa. I'm excited to see uh, what the Lord is using, how the Lord is using you. And I can see he has, and, and I can see that he will continue to, to use you uh, to, to reach people through your direct message, your direct testimonial, as well as that your guests that you have on there. So kudos you to you. And, and Absolutely. And, and I mean, every bit of it, and Michael and I would love to have you on again to, to talk about uh, some other topic if you want, and we'll have to pray about it and chat about it. But Thank you so much for listening and watching the this strange millennial mustard seed podcast. We love you and we're praying for you. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, feel free to email us or, or contact us through Facebook Messenger. Have a strange and supernatural day, everybody. Bye.
It's time for the Strange O'Clock podcast, where you get to hear strange news with Christian views, as well as the Millennial Mustard Seed podcast. 